Blog Talk Radio. Boxes, 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 boxes. You're tuned into Outsiders Boxing Podcast, where they only gonna give you the realest talking. Boxing, 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 boxing. Outsiders Boxing Podcast coming to you live on the first of the month. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's the first of the month. Never really a big fan of Bone Thugs and Harmony, but that one felt kind of cliche. So, on this first of the month, good morning, everybody. How are you? Up bright and early, getting my early morning fix in. Um, had some breakfast this morning. Got one of my homegirls bringing me a pumpkin slice from Starbucks right about now. So, I'm good to go. All systems good to go. Oh, man, we had some boxing yesterday in the day where yesterday was overwhelmingly taken by fantasy football. Oh, man, got me a little thing hardware from my efforts yesterday. <laughs> and I have a confession to make. I will no longer be referring to the gentleman that just got traded to the Oakland Raiders as number 84 because I – with the 12th pick overall in the second round. Picked up my man, Antonio Brown. Yeah, that's right. I couldn't hide my fake dislike and distaste for the man anymore. So I drafted him. Asked me how business is doing. Boom. <laughs> so, oh, man, I really took over the day yesterday. Had my niece's birthday party, as I mentioned, which took place after the draft. Got home, missed all the fights, but when I did get home, I looked at all of them and took my notes and all that good stuff. Um, had work yesterday, so I seen the Jeff Horn uh, fight on my phone sporadically throughout the day, throughout the early day. Um, the Lomachenko fight against Luke Campbell, which I almost had right. almost had that one. Got to be quicker than that. And then... I mean, if you want to call it a main event on PBC, what happened with uh, Canelo's brother, since that's what he likes to be called from, from what I think. Canelo's brother and Erislandi Lara. And, uh, you know, Agent, wa- Agent well, like fine wine that Erislandi Lara is. But, um, yeah, man, I ain't nothing much. Kicking back here in the crib on this Labor Day weekend with this Sunday off as usual. You take a Monday off as well. So kind of a odd feeling for me right now. Being up early in the AM is still something I'm getting used to. Been going on a month strong training. Um tomorrow's gonna be even crazier though, because I have not had a Monday off in a very long time. Be able to watch Undisputed Live instead of listen to it on my phone. Um Probably go 
to some of the flea markets over here, see what they got going on. I know the the Mama Cedars will be out tomorrow. Yeah, man. Strange times. Strange times having a Monday off. Um, but yeah, for those who didn't see, go to my Instagram at rc underscore presidente and see how I picked up my championship gold and stuck it in the face of my opponent, reminding him that he'll never touch this. Ah, let's put that baby right there. Give me some water later on. Give me some water. Uh, but anyways, I want to see what's going on with my guys over here on this early Sunday morning on a Labor Day weekend where it's not your typical Sunday. At least it's not for me. So let's take it to Houston, Texas. Let's see what's going on with my man, D. Willa Wilson. Willa, good morning, good sir. Um, all is well in the neighborhood. I got my man back. My man being Antonio Brown. How you doing? Oh, man, doing good this morning. Uh, you know, out here, I'm out here in beautiful Abilene, Texas. Um, fam came down. Uh, the family came down. I was I was going to go home, but they wanted to come out here and see what the hell was going on. So got the family out here. So we just been chilling, doing our thing. Got to check out check out the fights yesterday, man. Uh, pretty good fights. Um, you know, going down exactly how I call them as usual. But, yeah, man, um, you know, glad to be here. Another beautiful, beautiful Sunday. And it's great to be able to, you know, talk boxing with uh, with my guys, man. So, it's all good. All right. Sounds good. Hopefully all is well in the fam and all that stuff. Enjoying your time. Well, completely no-sold my – Antonio Brown bit, but I know someone who won't. Let's take it to SoCal and see what my man JP's doing. JP, he's no longer number 84. I went vice versa from Skip Bayless. If he would have turned the way I would, he'd be calling him Kawhi Leonard jumping for joy. Antonio Brown's back on the squad. How you doing, good sir? See, I'm good. It seems you've had a... uh an awakening and come over and have come over and realize, you know, talent has to speak for itself. Raiders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you're in a, you're a 49ers fan, so I know your, your rivals in the, in the West over there picked up Jadavian Clowney, so that can't bode well for you guys in the future, so. Uh, just Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, you know what, man? I'll be honest with y'all. Uh, I didn't see a lot of boxing this weekend. I'm in the office this Sunday morning. Yeah, I'm in the office, man. So I gotta get these niggas' time cards approved and shit. Make sure everybody get a check, other than me. So uh, that's what I'm doing, man. But I'll, uh, I'm, I'm definitely here to add what I can add to it, and um, always interested in hearing and talking about some boxing. So I'm here. All right, man. All right, man. You're rocking with us. We're rocking with you. We'll do the best we can do and get throughout this uh, this news that we got and uh, see what we can do to make the most of it. Uh, let's get to the fights, folks. Well, we're going to start off with this, this, this bothers me to say it. Like, it, it's a pain in my side. It makes my stomach itch. All that stuff, like, uh, yeah. 
some people's pound for pound number one fighter, Vasil Lomachenko, yesterday, was in the ring against Luke Campbell. In a unification bout, Luke Campbell with his WBC strap on the line. You see the weigh-in. Lomachenko grabbing it. Like his mind. And, um, you know, I, I thought that the body would have opened him up yesterday and Vasil would have had a lot of shots in the body. Um, and he was able to do that. Most notably, um, you know, Lomachenko had a pretty pretty good round five, putting together some nice punches, offsetting Luke Campbell. Looking like he might have been able to get him out of that one point or another. That didn't uh, that didn't happen though. Kept it going. Lomachenko to me looked like he had uh, sharpened up his defense, opposed to a few fights ago or whatnot. And uh, you know that eleventh round. I mean, I was hoping that happened in the tenth round, as I've called it. Maybe he'd have got him out of there, but you know, we can't blame no bitch, man. He ain't no bitch, and he fought really hard and took it to the cards, in which I thought were. Uh, a little wide, to say the least. Wide scoring in the Lomachenko fight, who's surprised? But nonetheless, Lomachenko gets the job done unanimously um, in a fight that, you know, he's telling the people, hey, man, I told everybody this is going to be a tough fight for me. You know, um, people who expected an early knockout or whatnot. That's not what I had in, in the works against this young fella, and that's not what happened. So, um, kudos to Luke Campbell. No one really likes the um, moral victory and things of that nature, but he did pretty good. Um, was a Ranger fighter, fought tall, and uh, with that, with that said, left uh, a lot of the body shots happen, especially like that happened in the eleventh round, where he took a body shot, followed up by a head shot, and got himself into some trouble. Went to that dark place essentially, but quick, quick. Flashlight was working, batteries was good to go, and he got out of there and was able to finish the fight. Pretty impressive fight, man. Um, I think that it's uh, it's good for Vasil Lomachenko to get those rounds in. And, uh, you know, he says that he wants the, the uh, Comey Lopez winner next. So if that's what's in the story next, it's obviously not what we want with Tank Davis, but maybe that one will be next as Lomachenko has, has said that. He can see it happening next, or, or not next, but after this next fight. So, I don't know, man. We'll see what's in the works for Lomachenko moving forward. He ain't getting no younger, man, but he had a performance yesterday in which I think was worthy of a B-plus just because he sharpened up his defense, had his moments on offense against a really big opponent, a taller opponent that fought tall. He did not shrink down to his size in the fight. Well, uh, your thoughts on this performance yesterday by Vasil Lomachenko. Um, you said that you didn't think he was uh, Campbell was going to get stopped. He didn't. You know, um, close to no cigar for those who thought that he was going to go out in that 11th round. But uh, what was your thoughts on the performance by both fighters? Man, pretty pretty good fight. Um, it went a little different than what I, I thought it was going to go as far as as far as what Luke Campbell was going to do, you know, from what I've seen Luke Campbell, he didn't do a lot of body work. And, um, you know, we, we known that, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to getting hit in the body, those uh, these Eastern Europeans, these Russian guys, they really can't take the work. 
And, uh, you know, it seems like Luke Campbell had had an idea and he was doing a lot of body work out there. And it seems like, you know, even though in the fifth round he got he got uh he got slowed down in the course and I think it's the eleventh when he got dropped. But there was a few times where he hit he hit Lomachenko and Lomachenko slowed down. In fact, like what is that, the ninth, the eighth and ninth, maybe it was the the ninth or tenth round where Lomachenko looked like he was he was running out of you know running out of steam. It just it, I mean it happened to just look like that because of course in the eleventh round he turned it on, but you know he he looked more human than than normal. You know even though I hear you saying that that his defense looked a little better that was with the headshots right. But when it came to that body work, I think uh, uh, Luke Campbell was doing a pretty good job out there. You know his, yeah 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 his head his head movement you're right yeah. Yeah, his his boxing, Luke Campbell did a pretty good job out there, man. But Lomachenko, he's on another level. Uh, you know, you can't deny that. Um, I like the way that Luke Campbell scoop did a little uh, did a little MMA move in the twelfth round and gave him that little scoop and tackled him down to the ground. You know, hit him in the balls one time. You know, showing that he was a ga- he was a gamer. Um, it was a pretty good fight. Lomachenko, you know, I would give him, I would give him a, a B, a B for that performance. He didn't look like the Lomachenko of old, where you know he was indestructible. I didn't see a lot of the Matrix moves in there, you know. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't the same guy in there. But of course, he was in there with a longer, rangier guy that was using that jab. Every time Lomachenko came in, he was uppercutting, he was hitting with hooks to the body, you know. So it was a pretty. We saw Lomachenko start off slow, you know, and uh, adapt to what Luke Campbell was doing, and he was able to get the uh, the unanimous decision. I only had Luke Campbell maybe winning three or four rounds, um, nothing too significant, but it was a pretty good fight, man. Uh, right when we thought Luke Campbell was going to go down, I think especially in the fifth, um, he held in there, covered up, came out, sixth round came out like nothing ever happened. Same thing in the twelfth round when he uh, after he got knocked down. So, you know, he performed well. I guess they're taking a moral victory out there. This is the second second uh, title shot that Luke Campbell had. He lost both of them, so we don't know if he's that. We see he's good, but we don't know how good he is. But what we do see is that you know, Comey might be able to give might be able to give uh, Loma a little more trouble. So if he can win another two rounds than uh, Campbell and we have a draw. So, uh, you know, I think people are licking their chops. I see Devin Haney on there saying that he beat Lomachico not easily. Um, I see uh, Tank Davis. He's saying that he wanted everybody. This is one of those fights where people looking like, damn, you sort of struggle, even though, you know, it wasn't a struggle struggle, but you had a good fight against Luke Campbell. You know, gold medalist, the guy that's, uh, you know, it's pretty good. But we don't think he's on the level of Devin Haney or even Comey or Tiafimo Lopez. I think all these guys are looking at that fight like, okay, we've got a chance. I think that's the outcome of this fight, you know. Uh, Lomachenko is normal, especially at, uh, what is this, 135. And he could be. He is beatable. So I give him a B, I give him a B for his effort. Um, pretty good fight. But you know that's all I can say, man. People, people are hungry. People's mouths are watering now after that fight. Yep, that's how it goes, man. 
You have a performance like what, what Loma has, not to knock him or anything, but, you know, we didn't see that matrix, like you said. And that's what people expect to see when they punch their tickets in wherever Vasil Lomachenko's at. They want to see that matrix style, you know, dudes throwing punches, missing, and making them look silly. And uh, his head movement did get better. Um, his head movement, you know, we've seen him in fights that with guys that nobody's worried about come out marked up, which is unacceptable. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, a couple years ago, so he's sharpening that up. I was impressed with it. But um, we got Janelle with us. Let's take it to Janelle and see if he checked this fight out and his thoughts on Lomachenko's performance and what is next between his, what I think, next opponent will be Richard Comey. Janelle, what's good with you, man? How you doing? It was popping. How y'all doing? Well, yeah, of course I caught Oh, man. Ain't much, ain't much. I caught the fight. Huh? Oh, no, I was saying ain't much, man. Ain't nothing much going on here. Go ahead, bro. Well, um, but of course I saw the fight. It's like we all predicted uh, Lomachenko was going to look uh, uh, human. But um, I don't think he's declining. I think it's the fact that Campbell was just a tall, rangy guy. As Lomachenko has been saying lately about how he wants to go back to 130 because these guys have more of a reach advantage over him. And, uh, you know, I mean, and so of course he wants to go back to a weight that's more comfortable with him. So he's looking to go back to 130. But um, uh, Luke Campbell did well in the beginning when he was using his jab. But when he abandoned mm-hmm. his jab is when Lomachenko started getting his side, started up and up doing what he does. Um, he did get hit a lot. I thought he got hurt a few times in that fight, actually. But but um, he also showed that he got a dog in him. I mean, because when he got hurt, he came back more ferocious. It's like how Pacquiao was at the lighter weights. When he got hurt, he just came back more ferocious. And I kind of saw that last night in Lomachenko. Um, I don't recall ever seeing that before. Well, I don't know. He never showed that he was really hurt before anyway. But, uh, he, you know what I'm saying? But he showed he got a dog in him. He showed he's got that in him. And uh, everything went like I expected, except it wasn't a late-round stoppage. I thought it almost happened like in the 11th, I think it was, or the 12th, one of the two. Um, uh, Campbell showed his heart. I mean, he was in there to win. Uh, he didn't come just to collect a check and, and go home the way, like, Nicholas Walters and other guys who quit did. You know what I'm saying? I think his yeah. stock went up. I think his stock uh, definitely went up in this fight because uh, he came to win. He gave it his all, but, of course, he was just outclassed. In the end, he was outclassed. So a lot of guys are lined up right now saying that how if they was bring a long pickle, it would have been an easy night. Um, no. Uh, Lomachenko just fought another clever boxer as well an Olympic gold medalist as well. Yeah, I mean, I think Davis gets humiliated if you ask me. I don't care what nobody says. I think he literally gets humiliated. Just how Walters did. I mean, but Floyd's not going to put that fight anytime soon. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, um, I still got Lomachenko number two. What's that like to I don't think so neither, yeah. I think Lomachenko number two on my pound for pound list. He still is there. I mean, I think pound for pound is who's the most dominant in their weight class and I think that's Terrence Crawford by far. He's the most dominant fighter out there. I mean, I'm not saying that just because Lomachenko actually had a difficult fight. Now, I mean, he's been having difficult fights lately. But, I mean, Crawford has been steamrolling guys. He's been, like, he's making it look routine. And both guys are phenomenal fights. I think nothing away from Lomachenko, but I just think Crawford is pound for pound number one in my eyes. And then come, and then Lomo's right after. Wow, it's a glorious Sunday when Janelle gives praise to to Bud Crawford. <laughs> I'm kidding. Man, I'm come kidding, on but... with that, man. <laughs> I'm kidding, bro. Hey, so um, I'm with you. I was a uh, I was impressed with Campbell's performance. 
Uh, I thought that his stock did rise a bit because, you know, he's a, um, you know, he's got some traits for that weight class. You know, he's a, he's a good, he throws in bunches. Um, he's rangy. He's, he's, and, and like you said, he had a nice jab. Do you think he, um, <clears throat> the downfall of his game plan and what ultimately caused him to get that loss was uh, abandoning his jab yesterday? Well, not really abandoning his jab. I think Lomachenko was adjusting to his jab. It's like people say about how Delaware and Floyd, or if Delaware kept using his jab, he would have won. Nah, bullshit. Uh, Floyd took away Delaware's jab. So I think Lomachenko actually took away his jab momentarily. But then he got back to it, and it was working for him. Uh, did Campbell, but, you know, Lomachenko is just more superior. There's more dimensions to his game, you know? <laughs> I mean, you don't just stop throwing a jab all of a sudden. It, it's never that simple. I mean, you know, your opponent yeah. adjusted to it. Yeah, it's just always a cliche, you know, for guys like, you know, need to use a jab more, need to use a jab more, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, if your opponent is out of the range, it is what or if it's on the count of your jab, or it's on the count of your jab, you know what I mean? It's not you abandoning it, it's your opponent is adapting to it and taking it away from you. And that's basically what happened. Well, yeah, you know, we could we could we could chalk it up to that, and uh, and all that good stuff. Well, hold on one second, fellas. All right, give me one second. My bad, fellas. Um, I had picked up my pumpkin slice latte <laughs> delivery. Come through real quick, you know. Uh, start the morning off real hype right now. But you know, moving along, fellas. I mean. Hey, we could call it whatever it was um, for the game plan or not. I think we could chalk it up to being Lomachenko is just an elite fighter. And it's, it's breaking news to nobody. Uh, I'm somewhat on there with Willow with the dudes that are hungry for him. I just think that I don't know if he could take some of these shots from guys. like I think Devin Hay, I mean, I like that kid a lot. I don't know if he's ready, but I think he can definitely put some work in. Tiafimo Lopez. Even though he had a, a bad outing his last time, um, hey man, there's there's good game fighters out there, and everything happens as soon as they get in that square circle, man. So we'll see how things go. But moving along, uh, hey, did, hold on, hey, real quick, did you see how they, uh, Lomachenko tried to play it off? He called, don't you know, he called out uh, uh, Tiafimo Lopez, but then he tried to act like he didn't know his name. Hey, uh, I want to fight. What's that guy? What's that guy? Oh yeah, Lopez, but I don't think he's gonna win. So Tiafimo's he's uh he's uh holding holding some ground in uh in Lomachenko's mind. Cause that's that's who he called out. He said he wanted you know, to fight you know Lopez. My, uh, you know who held ground in his mind more than anyone? It was Mikey Garcia. If you notice how Garcia was calling him out for years and then as soon as the Spence fight was made, he called out Garcia all of a sudden. I mean, I didn't notice that. I mean, that's the guy who actually creeps in Lomo's mind is Garcia. I think Mike Garcia should have never went to 147. He should have stayed at 135. And, you know what I mean? But, hey, Lomo wasn't trying to fight him. But that's the guy who actually gives Lomo's nightmares is Mikey Garcia. No, I feel like nobody Mikey stops him, bro. I don't care what nobody says. Oh, yeah. I believe he stops him. He's got some wicked power and wicked timing. 
I mean, that's the guy who I thought. I mean, that's the guy I picked. But, but, but it was, it was so strange because as soon as that fight with Spence was made, all of a sudden, oh, I want Mikey Garcia. All of a sudden, the crowd would erupt and shit. I'm like, yo, Mikey Garcia's been calling you out for how long now, man? But now all of a sudden, you want Mikey Garcia after he got a fight made with Spence, and people thought Spence was probably gonna like oh, yeah, really yeah. ruin him or whatever. I remember. I remember that. I remember yeah. that whack ass call out. That shit was trash, bro. Exactly. I that. Exactly, man. That's fucking garbage. That's I remember that. Now. He can blow more nightmares. Good shit. I I totally forgot about that. You know, good point, man. That was the weakest call out ever. When Mikey's busy with Earl, now he want to talk. Get out of here with that shit, man. That's whack as fuck. That's so weak. And for, and for years, Garcia called him out for a very long time. <clears throat> That's funny though. Sounds like another uh, sneaky call out by Loma. I want to fight that guy. What's his name? <laughs> you know his name. Stop playing. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. We'll see what happens next, though. I mean, I definitely, I like, I like Richard Coleman. I, we all, I mean, you know, ever since that fight with Robert Easter, he's got nothing but better. Um, and uh, you know, his last fight, I know, against Beltran. Sometimes, sometimes y'all worry about them African brothers, but hey, man, that dude. He brought the heat. I like what I see from Richard Coleman. Proud champion. I like that guy. I want to see this fight if they make it happen. But um, other than that, I mean, let's take it to the PBC main event because you, you call it main event if you want. But I think it's uh, utter disrespect. It's, uh, it's, it's just not right for a talent like Arislandy Lara to be in the ring with Ramon Alvarez, a.k.a. Canelo's bro, who didn't get the great hair genetics, you know? Um, I thought that I thought that he would uh, would be flustered by Arislandi Lars' skill and, and maybe hold a little bit more so and run away a little bit more so, but we've seen none of that. We've seen a stiff non-movement whatsoever. I don't know, maybe he's been watching, maybe he's been watching a, a film on his, uh, his brother Saul's uh, footwork on defense. I don't know. But regardless, it only took two rounds, so ain't much to talk about. Lara pieced him up bad, knocked him on the ropes. I mean, the worst part about this fight was probably the commentary. We know that PBC still, I mean, it's not relevantly new, but you, sometimes you have those Fox commentators who aren't, um, how should I say it, uh, as well polished as some of the uh, analytics from the likes of uh, uh, HBO and um, and the other guys on Showtime, like uh, Al Bernstein, you know, Pauli Malignaggi, guys like that. I don't know who these guys were on commentary yesterday, <clears throat> but it was pretty bad. Like, no, he's all Is it Lennox Lewis one of them? Up. Was Lennox one of them? I wasn't sure, man. I I, he, I didn't hear him during that part, but I remember when when uh, Alvarez got knocked against the ropes from Lara, and one of the commentators was like, oh, he's knocked out on his feet right now. He's about to get knocked out as soon as he gets up. And the other guy's like, no, there's a whole other minute and 30 seconds left. Are you kidding me? And then, like, and then yeah, I mean, anybody, I don't know who that was, man. And I get you want to give a guy a second chance or a, a benefit of the doubt, but the way Alvarez got pieced up, he wasn't moving his head at all. As soon as the referee had let him get up from that from that fall, um, I mean, he didn't fall, but, you know, basically did the ropes had him up. He's just standing there stiff as a rock, not moving whatsoever. And he got pieced up about four times. 
Lara had a straight left that pulled back right away, back to the straight left, uppercut, hook, uppercut, ref, stopped it. I mean, just an absolute mauling by Arizmani Lara, the guy who people say is a born fighter. A++++ by Arizmani Lara yesterday. Um, your thoughts on this main event piecing? Because I don't know if you guys thought that it was going to be stoppage, but I thought Lara was going to get his ass out of there. Maybe a little later than expected, but it just goes to show the, the difference of levels between Arizmani Lara and Ramon Alvarez. The fuck? Well, uh, your take on this fight yesterday that happened to main event PBC. Again, uh, you know, perfect call by myself. I remember I remember Janelle trying to argue with me. I think, in fact, he might have even picked Ramon Alvarez at first, um, which is crazy. Uh, I don't have my laugh, my laugh button up right now. Wrong. Uh, Janelle, Janelle, Wrong. Janelle, pick, Wrong. no, <laughs> Janelle, Janelle I said Laura was locked win, up, but Laura would not be an elite guy in the division no, again. No, no, you I said he was washed up and he wouldn't knock him out, and I was like Brandon Rios knocked him out. Then you sort of like sort of changed oh, no, it. Him out. No, 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 no. I said he was gonna win. I said knock him out. No, no, I. Yeah, you I, said I, he was I said he knock him out, but I said that. He is what? Well, as far as being the elite guys in his weight class, yeah, those days are over. Yeah, okay. But like I said, that was going to be easy work. Easy work. And, uh, you know, I did say he was going to win. I said he was going to win, though. Check the archives. I had to tell you that he got knocked out by Frank Reed. Ain't no way in hell I said that fucking, uh, no way in hell I picked Ramon to beat Laura. Come on, you're bugging now. Now you're bugging. Okay, we'll make sure we'll make sure we bring that back for a Wednesday. I'm gonna put that in my notes because uh, the first thing yes, you said was you got Ramon do. Alvarez. You have Ramon Hell Alvarez. No. But, hey, I, I hope you're right. <laughs> yeah, you're you're right. Right. <laughs> hey, that's We're some sugar green shit you're doing right now. That's some sugar green shit you're doing right now. I don't. Hey, I just that's just what I remember, man. I remember you arguing with me, and I was like, "Come on, oh, you man, remember? this guy." Hey, you smoked you know. too much weed, man. Hey, you smoking too much of that bud. Yeah, smoke too okay, much. Willa, Willa, don't, Willa, Willa don't do that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. So, hey, check this out. <laughs> we got uh, you know, out uh, Laura. His last couple of fights, he's been he's been looking for KOs. He's been looking to try to stand in there. He's not been doing a lot of dancing. He's out there trying to knock boys out. This is the end of his career, and he knows that he's trying to get that big payday. And he looked good in there. I mean, against a guy, I think, that didn't come in at weight. This was for, what was this, the regular WBA? or I forgot exactly what belt it was for, but it was for a regular title. So, you know, he's got himself back up there in the world championship uh, level, and he's looking for the big paydays. In fact, after the fight, he called out uh, he wants to fight Canelo or, or Spence. So uh, he looked good in there. I said this okay, you're going to cut me okay. off, man? I can't finish my breakdown? Sorry, 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 sorry. Sorry, sorry, finish, yeah, finish, yeah. finish. So, yeah, he, he, he's in there. He's trying to knock boys out. Um, I, I think Canelo's brother came uh, – Alvarez came in overweight, so he um, he wasn't – you know, I guess he had a bad camp, and that's what it looked like. He, he stood in there and was getting sparked out, uh, got knocked through the ropes, rope saved him, got slept on his feet. Um, you know, excellent, excellent performance by – um, Alvarez. I mean, it wasn't against the best opponent, um, but hey, you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do with the people in front of you. So that was easy work. Like you said, an A plus. Uh, Laura. I mean, he looked good in there, but you gotta take take uh, take 
heed of who he was fighting. He was fighting the bum, and he bummed him out. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. On Fox, so probably a lot of people saw it. Seemed like they were crunk out there for him out there in Minnesota. So, hey, good look oh, for yeah. Laura. Like I said, he called out Canelo. You know, he whooped Canelo's brother. He wants that Canelo payback. I doubt Canelo. <laughs> yeah. Canelo might fight him now. We'll see what Canelo's doing, but uh, I doubt Canelo goes back down and fights Laura. But he also called out Earl Spence. So, Laura wants to smoke. Laura wants that money. He's trying to he's trying to get paid. And getting himself one of those belts, that's the, that's the good way to start. Um, yeah, but like yeah. I, yeah, it was. Janelle, go ahead and give us your take on this fight. Tell us why you thought Alvarez was Oh, so let me just think about Laura real quick. I, okay, let's just, let me flip. I thought Laura beat Canelo. Okay, oh, we all agreed on that, actually. But I think, in a way, Laura disgraced himself. He should have made a better, um, a better, okay, one, I knew Laura would never get a fucking rematch. Okay, he, oh, he should have made abundantly clear that, hey, I beat Canelo. I, going into that fight, we all knew that. If it went to the scorecard, who that fight's going to? I recall I picked Canelo by robbery. I mean, Floyd almost got robbed by Canelo. But Lord just basically ran around the ring the way he did. I thought he outboxed him, but I mean, we should have known you're not getting a victory like that beat Canelo. And you know you won't get rematch again. He will never get that platform again. You know what I'm saying? It's obvious. So he should have made the best of it. He should have, like, really made it abundantly clear. It's like when Floyd beat fucking Canelo and then one of the judges scored a draw, um, Canelo's face was like, yo, this shit wasn't no draw. Even his brother or one of his corner men was like, yeah, that fight wasn't a draw. It's because Floyd made the bundle clear who won the fight. And Floyd didn't stand and go toe-to-toe with him. So I'm not saying Floyd should have went toe-to-toe. But he should have made more of an effort to make it abundantly clear who won this fight. And and like I said, he would never get that platform again. And he never got that platform again. And he will never get it again because Spence is not going to fight him. Uh, Canelo ain't rematching him. Pacquiao won't fight him. Floyd's not fighting him again. Uh, uh, and Canelo Darius ain't fighting him again. So it's like, he should have made a better account for himself. It's like when Floyd, at one time when Floyd, uh, before he was a pay-per-view attraction and was crying for his first big fight, he was leaving with the jaws on the floor. He was getting some serious knockouts. Like, yo, I belong to pay-per-view. And then when he got his first uh, big fight against Gotti, okay, he made it clear. I belong on pay-per-view. This is my shit. That's what Laura should have done. He should have made a better account for himself. Because, like, he literally screwed his whole career over, if you ask me. I mean... I know probably people won't, uh, 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 won't agree with me on that, but I think he should have made a better account for him. Oh, come on, you got in Canelo's face after he won a fight. I think it was against Angulo. Oh, let's make the fight happen by how you're going to beat him up and such. And then yet, he basically ran around the ring for 12 rounds. I thought he won, but still, he should have made a better account for himself. Yeah, okay. Well, what about you? Look, because what we were talking about on uh, Wednesday show, Wednesday, I know what Wednesday, but but, like, can, can uh, Lara still hang with some of the top guys in the division? I don't think Lara took a step back as far as J.P. and Willis thought. Now, we could go to J.P. I know he's still rocking with us, and he didn't see the fights, but he could speak on this. I don't think that Lara took a significant step back as everybody else does. I think Lara could still compete with some of these top guys out there. You see that the punches that he obtains, how sharp it is, precise it is, what he does in that ring and the skills that that man has, you can try to teach people. But they're not going to get it as precise as Arizmani Lara, given the given the frame and the, you know the natural account that the guy has. I mean, you know, you could say that he's uh, so sound check, guys. I got an echo in the background. I don't know if that's off a speaker or whatever, but um, 
I don't know if that's off of just uh, uh, I think people think that he took more of a beating than than he should have against you know Jared Hurd, which is you know probably probably right, but he didn't show no signs of that. Uh, obviously, Alvarez wasn't going to be a guy who was going to you know test those kind of waters. We're talking about a fight with Spence. I mean, hey, everybody thinks Spence is going to get him out of there, piece him out. He throws Spence in there with that Rubik's cube. He's going to have to dig. He's going to have to show some different wrinkles to his game. I don't care what nobody says. That coming down straight forward, walking guys down, bullying shit ain't going to work with a guy like Arizona Lara. Framework. I mean, he's he's bigger than he's damn near the same body as Spence, but bigger. So, um, you know, that shit ain't going to work. I, don't, I ain't buying that. Uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens next. I think that Lara could hang with some of these top guys. Willa, let's take it to JP real quick and give his thoughts on this. Because I know it's not – I'm not jumping a gun on what Lara looks like against a lower opposition like like uh, uh, Ramon Alvarez. But what I did see is still the same speed, effectiveness, and just, I mean, Ares Landy Lara. Maybe because, you know, he didn't have to get deep into his gas tank. But there's Lonnie Law. It looked like he could still compete with guys in the top five of the division. JP, your thoughts on that since we spoke on it on Wednesday? Yeah, RC, I now see why you said uh, you just kind of don't like Ramon Alvarez. And I see he's like a douche. And that fucking haircut he has, dude, it's like really time to stop lining that thing up. It's ridiculous. That boy got a fucking a V, a literal V. In front of his head and he's still trying to line it up It's time to just bring it on home Ramon, bring it home um, Yeah uh, I, <laughs> You gotta I, let I'm it go <laughs> Yeah, let's bring it home man I'm still worried because Laura Got so touched up From Jared Hurd And then we were able to see a guy like J-Rock Go out there and use angles And just outbox him Which uh, we think a stylistic Masterclass type boxer Like Erislan Lara is should be able to do with a one-trick pony like Jared Hurd, but he wasn't. So that's what worries me. If you can't outmaneuver Jared Hurd, who you know you know what he's going to bring, and it's not a lot of uh, variety to what he brings, Erislan Lara should be able to think his way around that maneuver and beat that guy. But he got touched up really good in that fight, and that is what worries me. I don't know if looking good against Ramon Alvarez is a good gauge for what you're able to do against the top guys. Ramon Alvarez, I I, I don't know where he sits as far as a ranking. Um, One could argue that this guy's the only reason he's in any type of position or any stage or any why he's headlining, even on a headlining fight on PBC, is because he's Canelo's brother. So I don't know, man. I I still need to see Arizlandi fight somebody a little better. But do would I be hesitant to throw him in with J-Rock? No. Would I be hesitant to throw him in with Hurd again? Mm, no. But, I mean, I, I need to see a different Lara. You know, the guy that we think is precise and, and able to maneuver better, but he can't be getting in them dog fights and be getting beat down like that because, he's, you know, he's a little longer in the tooth, and that ain't what he needs to do. So 
he he's he's never gonna see that Canelo fight again. He he can forget about that. He caught Canelo at a time when Canelo wasn't quite the diva he is today. But today's Canelo is telling guys like Triple G to kiss my ass. You know, he told Triple G, I just don't want to put no more money in his pocket. That's why I'm not taking a rematch. So, you know, I don't think he'll ever be able to get Canelo's attention ever again. He'd have to beat, you know, three to four more hundred. Yeah, a couple more of those 160-pound guys. Just He can beat Canelo's daddy up. I mean, I I think this is a a very vindictive move by Lara. If it's um, strategic, yeah, I'm going to beat your brother up to make you come to me, like some shit you used to see on an 80s movie where, uh, like, the karate guy just, he kills the brother in the ring, and then the real, the badass brother comes back to avenge him killing his brother. You killed my brother, you know, and shit like that. So <laughs> I, I'm hoping yeah. that's how it goes down, but but I doubt that's what will happen. Yeah, now I'm with you 100% on that. I'm not a big fan of rematches in, in the first place, I can see why Lara has his, his gripes because, you know, if if you put any boxing expert sound off, just scorecard, point, 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 the Alvarez-Lara fight, you know, if they were both just, you know, blank fighter versus blank fighter, the blank fighter in the blue corner, which I think Lara was in, I thought he won the fight going off scorecards. But when you put into account of, you know, Canelo and all that stuff, we know what time it is. So, you know, he's going to have that gripe and he's going to be still have that, um, he's still going to have that bother him. You know, I'm sure he, he doesn't sleep well at night with that one. With the with the Hurd fight, hey, man, Hurd kicked my ass. <laughs> That's it. You know, took that one on the chin. But, um, yeah, man, I, 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 a vindictive move to say the least because, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I could be a petty fella at times, you know, and, um, now, I remember the Ninja Turtle movie. How did the Shredder get the Ninja Turtles to come at him? Well, he kidnapped Master Splinter. So, you know, it's all it's all strategic, and I, I like a bad guy in every movie, and this seems like a bad guy kind of thing with uh, with uh, Arizmani Lars just beating the shit out of Ramon Alvarez. I'm not sure how far or what which order of the, the pecking order Alvarez or um, Ramon is in the Alvarez family tree, but... Um, they're all older than him. They're all older than Saul. So, um, you know, your older brother just got pieced up in two rounds by the Cuban that you had a little bit of uh, a little bit of struggling with. So, if I mean, you know, the ball's in Canelo's court. He does whatever he wants. See how it happens. But um, uh, final thoughts on this one, uh, uh, Willa and Janelle. No, man. I, we'll see exactly what Laura's got. Like I said, you know, getting this regular championship puts him in the. Uh, Put them in the hunt for to fight, you know, like you said, uh, um, uh, uh, a herd or or the guy. Well, I think the guy that him and herd is about to fight our our Charlo. Um, so we'll see exactly we'll see exactly what he's got. He's he's trying to he's trying to make a, a another push for it. He, he's in he's got a world championship belt, so I'm sure his next fight he's hoping will be against somebody for a real belt. So we'll see how it goes. I'm not sure what what kind of lore we've getting. Like you said, he her, even though he was beating her until he started getting uh, pummeled at the end. Um, you know, he's got a new stance in life. Looks like he's trying to knock boys out, uh, and I don't know if he's knocking any of these guys out like he did um, Alvarez. So, 
like uh, JP said, I'm not hesitant to put him in, in there with anybody I think he can hang, but we'll see exactly what he's got. I mean, I can't call it at this point. And, and looking at the Alvarez fight, we can't tell if he fell off or not because Alvarez did nothing but stand in front of him and get hit with shots. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm with that. I, I, I mean, I say he can still hang with some of these top guys in the division. And, you know, I, I think he's, he's, he's not showing the, the signs of a, a – uh, let's say the likes of uh, Lucas Matisse, who is a good fighter, but towards the end, uh, man, you you knew the end was near. Or, uh, I mean, that's been around throughout some of these uh, some of these, these these guys who are just fall fell off. Nobody, people can't forget the fight that he had with uh, El Perro Angulo, where people thought that. Well, I mean, not people. I think a lot of people thought that Angulo was was was. Uh, comfortably winning that fight before his eye sauce got busted. Um, and now where's he at? I think Angulo's fighting uh, – well, I thought he was going to fight um, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I don't, know, I don't know what happened with that. I think he's got some other small business coming up. But, you know, uh, afterthought, to say the least, and Arizona Lara, they try to put him such as an afterthought against Ramon Alvarez. Utter disrespect. And uh, that was uh, – that was the perfect outcome for that one. Janelle, your final thoughts on Arizona Lara and where he goes moving forward. I mean, like I said, man, I don't I don't see him beating the elite fighter at one fifty four. I just don't see him beating I mean I thought he I mean, I thought he edged out her in that fight by one point. But I think in a rematch, I think Hurt stops him in a rematch. Like I called it the day before or the day after that hold fight. On, I was wait, like hold on, wait, uh, well, you think you think J Rock is gonna peace out Arizona Lara? Uh, her in a rematch? I think he's no, no, Julian, in a rematch. No, 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 I'm, I'm talking about Julian Wynn. Oh, oh, oh no. I'm, I'm not sure about that. I know I think her he's stops a, him in a rematch. He's the champ right now. I, yeah, but I, I understand that. But I said I don't think he stops him. I don't think he stops Law. I think he could beat Law at this point in Law's career. I think he beats him, but I don't think he stops him. I think her stops him in a rematch. And I thought Laura won the first fight just barely by one point. Again, I don't argue with anybody who says that Laura lost that fight. I don't argue with it because it was that close. But I just thought Laura won the first fight by one point. But in a rematch, I think Hurt stops him. Hey, Laura can't beat Tommy Harrison. I just don't see him. I don't know. Laura got to show me something else, man. I can't go against Ramon Alvarez and tell me that, okay, this guy is ready to go back against the a top guy in his division and beat him. Um, I just got to see um, – I got to see a little bit more from him right now. But at this point, I don't see him beating any elite guys at 154. I just don't see it. Not at this point in his career. Hmm. Well, that's that's a – that's Janelle's taking it. We'll see what happens moving forward, man. There's definitely going to be dancing partners going around. I'm not so sure how the uh, immediate rematch clause would go between Jared Hurd and Julian Williams or whatnot, whatnot. Um, you know, you still got young Jamel Charlo that's around there. Um, I mean, yeah, we, I mean, Jamel Charlo could put to sleep anybody in the division, but his problem is trying to find that home run mark. He's a home run hitter, but he's not the greatest contact of a hitter, to use a baseball analogy for it. 
Bars is a tricky fighter, man, and he's got that. I mean, he's got that skill that I think nobody else has in the division. And I like him against um, against Julian Williams. I like him against Jermell Charlo. Uh, Jared Hurd. Well, I mean, Lars gonna have to. I don't know. It's a tough one, man. It's a tough one. You gonna have to show some character, man. I, I said this uh, last week when we talked about uh, Sergey Kovalev to, to get back in there and school somebody who knocked you out. That shows a lot of character, and I don't know if Arizmani Lar could do that against the likes of Jared Hurd, but it's probably outside the realm of possibility given the fact that, you know, Hurd wants to get back in there with Williams. So we'll see how things work out. I like Lar's chances, though, against guys in the top five of the division. Um, moving along, guys, um, I, I, I want to take it to uh, the fight that happened early morning. I know uh, – Probably a lot of you guys didn't see this one because it was just so early in the morning. Um, I got the notification like around 8 o'clock. And, uh, you know, it had a lot of of controversy for the outside the ring type of shenanigans. You had feminists. Women can be anything, also feminists. We'll have women fired if we don't approve of their choices. Uh, Three Jeff Horn fight ring girls. Back in place with three men after a group of feminists com- uh, uh, complained about the women being objective, having the X on the scorecard, stupid shit like that. You had Jeff Horn uh, in a ring in which, I mean, Michael Zarafa, full-fledged. You know, people forget that this this jump up and wait by Jeff Horn might have been overlooked because of his bullying and and just roughhousing that he did to Manny Pacquiao. We thought this guy's a roughhouse kind of Australian dude, you know, tough Aussie guy who who's gonna come forward and, and give trouble to anybody with, you know, um hell hell. Some people even thought that he would give Terrence Crawford some some testing fortitude given the fact from the size differential and, and how much of uh uh you know, physically gassing type of a style that he would put on a fighter as far as putting pressure, leaning your body, causing the other fighter to get fatigued by just get it, get off me. And, um, you know, Jeff Horn, ever since his victory over Manny Pacquiao, where he had the goal to call out Floyd Mayweather, pulling out a walking stick and boxing gloves, saying, which one's it going to be? feeling himself to the fullest, suffering his L to Terrence Crawford in a brutal fashion that it was. He gets in the ring yesterday, and he finds himself to be a little man. A little man in a division where the shit that he does, it's just not going to work. In front of his hometown in Australia, Michael Zarafa put a beat down on Jeff Horn. The fight was... I mean, for the most part, I was on and off on the VIP at work. So, for the most part, I was listening to the commentary, checking out sporadically what's going on. I tune into the seventh, eighth, and the ninth round. And you see Jeff Horn getting deflated, not having much confidence in his punches, hands on his hips, looks of frustration. And, you know, when that final minute came in the ninth round, 
Uh, I'm not sure what referee that was. I mean, I know you want to give a guy a benefit of the doubt to continue fighting in front of his hometown, but, you know, before Jeff Horn went down, the guy took about a solid six punches. I mean, just getting absolutely mauled. He gets, before he gets up, his face hits the canvas, knees still touching. He gets up, falls back on the ropes, hands on his hips, looks absolutely defeated. I mean, tough young man, give him credit. Because, you know, he did accomplish getting a a win over Manny Pacquiao. I mean, what, nine, ten people could say that throughout Pacquiao's illustrious career, but not a lot of people could say that. But uh, brutal, brutal defeat yesterday. Um, You know, his uh, Jeff Horn's uh, corner was on the apron ready to stop the fight if the referee didn't acknowledge but, you know, Jeff Horn shouldn't have been hit with any more punches than he did after that, that get-up. I think the, the Jeff Horn's trainer was standing up to call the fight. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, standing up to call the fight like, yo, stop the fight without actually throwing in the towel, like giving the referee the, the power of judgment to say, you know, just end this one. And the referee let it continue. I got to find out this referee's name because I'm not going to completely shit on him, but you shouldn't have let the man continue. As soon as he gets knocked down, he's on his knees and his gloves, both his gloves are touching the canvas. And then you ever seen Star Wars, the second, the Empire Strikes Back when they wrap the, the tow cable around those walkers and the walker falls down face first? That's exactly what happened to Jeff Horn. Face first. I think he got his second senses and came to a, a, an awakening once he hit the canvas face first. Like, oh, shit. It was all bad for him, man. So bad for Jeff Horn. I was looking into this fight, and um, before uh, uh, um, the, the week, sh- the weekly preview show that we had, so I was wondering if Jeff Horn could look good in this fight. And, you know, what's next for that guy if he can look good? But unfortunately, he got his ass beat in front of his hometown. Well, this one ended in nine, with about I don't know thirty-five seconds to go. It shouldn't have went no longer than forty-three. Jeff Horn got pieced out pretty bad. Uh, your thoughts on this, uh, this, uh, the rise and fall of Jeff Horn? Because pretty sure we're never going to hear about Jeff Horn ever again. Oh well, I didn't check. I didn't. I wasn't able to see the fight. I did see the last round. Um, like you said, I thought the knockout came. I thought the uh, the, the ref was going to wave it off after he got put down. And like you said, he was his his face hit the hit the canvas first, but he got up like bounce back into the into the corner. I was like, man, he was probably about to wave it off, but they let it keep on going. Then he just got beat up a little more. Um, you know, Jeff Horn, he he was the small guy in there. The bully tactics must not have worked. And, you know, we see that he's not really that good. We see that, uh, you know, it was all a setup. Bob Arum set Manny Pacquiao up. He probably knew. As we see, as the story unfolds, we see Manny Pacquiao is on PBC now. Bob Aaron probably already seen the uh, seen the seen to the future what was going to happen, so he he had to ride with his main man Terrence Crawford. They 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 stripped Manny Pacquiao out there of, of his belt in um, in Australia, and and Horn was just the guy that they used for it. He's just luckily he was so far away from America. You know he's just in Australia. I think he was just at the right place at the right time. Um, Jeff Horn isn't any good. 
And uh, it's all because of uh, Aram's greediness and his uh, willingness to, you know, to sabotage Manny Pacquiao's career. It's why we even know this guy's name. So, you know, as as it all unfolds, Jeff Horn isn't anything. You know, he's getting beat up by guys nobody's ever heard of. Even though this guy, I think, went 12 rounds with Kell Brook. Uh, so he isn't that bad. But, uh, you know, to get beat up like that last, I guess, last, I don't think the Crawford fight was his last fight. I think he's had a couple more fights out there in Australia. But as we see, you know, the only reason we know this guy's name is because Bob Arum uh, screwed Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. Yeah, I feel bad for Jeff Horn, honestly, you know, because um, <clears throat> I know a lot of boxing fans out there, and especially the Pacquiao fans out there, they're like, you know, ever since that screw job, they want to see this guy get his ass with Tim Bradley talked about the death, the death threats he received after getting that screw job in the first fight against Manny Pacquiao. You know, goddamn, that's delicious. Um, I feel bad for Jeff Horn, though, man. You know, you're right about that. I, I believe... Back in that time, were we at OTG? Were we at OTG when that fight happened? I think we were, because that's when we were talking about uh, Pacquiao being a sacrificial sheep, similar to. Uh, well, no, that's what I don't know. I don't think that's what it was called. Because I remember that's what Chris Algieri was. Chris Algieri was a sacramental sheep, given the sacrificial sheep, given the pass by Manny Pacquiao. Oh, if Pacquiao fought him, then then you know, so could Earl Spence. If Pacquiao fought him. Then you know, all those guys started beating up Chris Algieri because Pacquiao gave the pass. Um, but no, Pacquiao was sacrificed that night by Bob Arum. And um, Bud Crawford had spoke on, which is our next topic coming up. It's funny. <clears throat> Bud Crawford talked about that fight with uh, Pacquiao and Jeff Horn on the Joe Rogan podcast, saying that um. He was going for Pacquiao because he was going to be the mandatory. Yeah, he fought Jeff Horn, obviously, that uh, following up when Jeff Horn got that belt off Pacquiao. Now, maybe <clears throat> Bob Arum's alleged screwing Manny Pacquiao was Bob Arum maybe protecting Pacquiao away from Terrence Crawford. Because Terrence Crawford spoke very openly about, um, about how he wanted that fight, but you know, they're in the same promotion in top rank, but he didn't think that they wanted to make that happen. And, um, you know, being in the same promotion with top rank, that'd be all in-house money. <clears throat> and uh, it just didn't happen. But, um, you know, I don't think there's much to say about Jeff Horn besides a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of sympathy for the guy, to be honest with you. feel bad for the guy. Um I don't know where we're going to go from here, but maybe we'll see him in the ring again, you know, maybe up and coming down the, down the road. He could be a gatekeeper, you know. It's not always bad that he'll be able to put some money in his pocket. But um, moving along, fellas, we, we could talk to one, of, uh, one another about this because this is something that uh, we all can speak on because it's not if you've seen this fight or, or you know, whatever, whatever. You know, you had uh, Bud Crawford going on Twitter. And uh, as I try to find the link here, excuse me, but uh, let me see. 
you had Terrence Crawford basically coming on Twitter, and, and uh, I, I, I can't go word for word right now, but I will give you the verbatim factor of it. You had Terrence Crawford basically coming out and uh, tweeting at Manny Pacquiao. Do you ever feel like you should get back in the ring for that title you lost to Jeff Horn, given the fact that you think you won that fight? Because obviously that WBO strap that Pacquiao lost to Jeff Horn that night is still around the waist of Terrence Bud Crawford. Just spoke on how tough it was for him to get that fight back then. But before the or after the Pacquiao-Thurman fight, it could have even been before, you had Freddie Roach saying, you know, we, we got something left in the tank for guys like Earl Spence or even Bud Crawford. Those two names in particular were put out, even though we all think that he's chasing the Pacquiao fight, or uh, the Floyd fight, chasing the money. Not mad at that. Um, but Terrence Crawford can't get a big fight. Let's say, hypothetically, Manny Pacquiao cannot get that Floyd rematch that we all think he's going to get. I know Danny Garcia was in the news the other day talking about he wants the Pacquiao fight. Maybe they go that route. I'm not sure. But, well, it's such a a reach, I think, for Terrence Crawford to try to get this fight now, even though, he, you know, he couldn't get it then. But when you're left alone at the park and nobody want to play with you, you might want to reach out with somebody because everybody in the welterweight division ain't fucking with Bud Crawford. But there's a small belief in me that Manny Pacquiao just might. How much of a percentage do you give this fight of possibly going down between Terrence Bud Crawford and Manny Pacquiao? I give it probably a 0% chance, maybe 1%. Um, wow. Again, Manny, Manny Pacquiao's over there in PBC, man. There's no way they're going to let that belt go to the other side. We've seen what they're doing with Spence um, and, and Crawford. In fact, really, we're seeing. I think Bob Arum came out and said that they are they are in the they they're in talks. Maybe not negotiations, but they're talks and they're in good spirits about the Crawford versus Spence fight. But Freddie Roach, a couple of years ago, uh, said that you know that he wouldn't that Mayweather. I mean that uh, Crawford is like a stronger Mayweather, and that he wouldn't put he wouldn't put him in the ring. He wouldn't put Pacquiao in the ring with him. Um, we know Pacquiao can be stubborn. We know Pacquiao thinks that he wants to uh, unify these titles, but there's no way uh, they're letting Manny Pacquiao go over there uh, to the other side or fight the other side and, and possibly give away two of those belts before they let before they let Spence get to him. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but Crawford's got to do what he's got to do, man. He's fighting. He's got to fight Bones. He's got to fight no-name guys until, you know, until somebody on the other side with a belt accepts his fight. And the last person that's going to do that is going to be Manny Pacquiao. We'll see Manny Pacquiao versus Spence before we see Manny Pacquiao versus uh, Crawford. Um, like you said, we might even see Danny Garcia. We'll see somebody else. It's it's probably, I give it a 1%. There might be a little chance that it could happen because Manny Pacquiao is a stubborn dude. He might want to prove that he's still the best out there, but 
that's very it's very unlikely to happen. So I'll give it a one percent chance of happening. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. JP, uh, it's far fetched type of a fight, but Terrence Crawford's still reaching. Will it give it a one percent chance? Uh, I don't know. You think Manny Pacquiao's feeling himself a little bit after that that went over Keith Thurman and decides, hey, maybe I could hang with some of these young guys and get to the ring with Terrence Crawford? No, I don't. Um, I think Manny's very strategic. The same thing we criticized Mayweather for all those years. Uh, You've seen Manny do just that in grabbing the low-hanging fruit, that being Keith Thurman. Um, I don't think Manny thinks. I don't think Manny thinks he can beat Terrence. Um, and it, it it comes down to like an old gambling adage: big bank take take little bank here. Um, the big bank being PBC's inventory and all the fighters that that we want to see fight each other that still kind of have yet to fight each other. We got plenty of mixing up to do. It's kind of a race to the finish line if you're Bob Arum in top rank because you got to feed this man being Terrence Crawford before his contract is up because how do you keep him? Um, if you're Terrence Crawford, you're over here and you're like, all the action is going on across the street over there. And you got no action. You just got to stay over here and just be fighting to stay active basically, and that's what he's doing. And so if you're Bob Arum in top rank, knowing this contract is going to eventually come to an end, you got to be willing to pay whatever PBC asks to get the, one of these guys to go over there and fight them. And if you're Al Heyman and PBC, you have all the leverage. I mean 100% of the leverage. The only leverage Terrence Crawford has is that he's Terrence Crawford and that us hardcore because he hasn't made – um, his way to the casual radar quite yet. I'm sure casual fans have heard of him, but they're not pushing the needle as far as making him, making boxing, make him a fight. And if you're talking about Crawford and Spence happening, you know, that's just, that's top rank rhetoric because, like I said, it's a race to the finish line. And in all actuality, that fight needs more marination, actually. You know, um, we could see it early. Sometimes we see these type fights early, but to me, when you you arguably have the top two fighters in the whole entire sport, you want to let these guys. You know, Arrow has um, did his part in kind of propelling himself into some kind of boxing stardom, but Terrence, in my estimation, has yet to, and that's just due to the inventory. Uh, uh, Spence being able to go with Mikey and make a pay-per-view and now he's going to have a big fight at Staples with Sean Porter. You know, this is building his profile and upping his cachet and his notoriety as a fighter. Whereas Terrence, uh, I don't know the guy he's fighting. You know, he's just over there, you know, and he's just a hardcore fan's delight. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking to make a mega event, which that fight should be, you know, this fight should be somewhere it won't be because you get you got to have the fights to make it a big fight. You got to do things to make yourself a big name. You just can't beat up dudes we know you're going to beat convincingly. And But this fight, skill-wise, should 
be paralleled with like a Sugar Ray Hagler, a Sugar Ray Hearns, a Hagler Hearns. You know, I think Crawford and Spence are that, you know, cream of the crop type fighter and generational in that sense where, you know, you have Mayweather Judah at a time and, you know, and, you know, De La Hoya Mosley and we can go down the list of where you arguably have the two top guys in the sport meeting at similar times, they're similar age, they're similar size, and these should equal to be giant events. And at this moment in time, it won't be. You'd have to argue that that pay-per-view right now might not get over 300. You know what I mean? And it should do, if this thing is built right and these guys fight the right guys, uh, you know, there should be a, a million buys. You know, it's that good. These guys are that good. But right now, um, Spence have done far more as far as making that fight a million-dollar pay-per-view buy than that of Terrence Crawford. And that's just due to the inventory. You know, and I don't know what top rank can do to uh, help Terrence Crawford. Other, You know, because at the end of the day, that contract will expire, and you have to believe if Terrence Crawford doesn't cross them tracks and as far as signing his next contract, we'll be looking at him differently. You know, if Terrence Crawford stays with top rank, mm-hmm. we'll be looking at him completely differently. Now, I don't give a damn how big of a check Bob could sign. He can't sign a check big enough that would cover you being able to fight Danny Garcia, Mikey Garcia, Aerosmith, Sean Porter, or, you know, the list goes on and on. He can't cover a check that big, so yeah, man, it's just a race to the finish line, and um, I don't, I, I don't know, I, I don't see anyone going over there to do them guys any favors. And if you're Aaron top ranking that whole situation over there, you gotta be willing to pay. You know, I'm sure they are, but they just not, they don't got enough money to to slay what Al has going. Al obviously has his fighters in great positions. None of them are asking for the money. I don't care which one you, you want to talk about. Everybody looked like they eating good. So, um, you know, it looked like it's good business over at PBC. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, I, I echo each sentiment that you put out there. One thing I found interesting about Bud Crawford's interview with Joe Rogan was that Joe asked him, do you have any idea of when you want to call it a career and just say, you know, it's been a, it's been a good ride. And Terrence said, yeah, I think you know, in a few years from now, maybe maybe before my mid thirties. So I hold you right now. So I'm thirty. Should be going on thirty one this year, I believe. Or I, I got to look up that to be honest with you. But I'm guessing from what I hear from Terrence Crawford that we only get maybe two more years, three more years. But let me speak on that. Uh, let me speak on that real quick. I mean, ahead, I a lot of fighters, old, a lot of fighters, guys like Shane Moses said that he wasn't fighting until, until he's 30 years old. He's going to retire at the age of 30 years old. Uh, Jab, you just said the same thing. A lot of fighters said that, seriously. And uh, how long have those guys fought? Even Dale Hall said the same shit. <laughs> you know, how long those guys all fought? So it's like, I mean, come on, man. This is boxing, man. You hear that all the time in boxing. But the adrenaline that you get in the fight game, you don't get that shit nowhere else. It's like guys, when they retire, man, it's like they go insane because that adrenaline rush is what you need in your life, man. 
I just doubt he hangs it up in two years. I I highly doubt it. Well, Tim Bradley and and, yeah. uh, and Andre Ward, they hung it up. Yeah. And how old were they? Well, if you ask me, Tim Bradley actually ducked Elvis yeah. Spence because when Spence was a mandatory for him, that's when he retired. <laughs> but now he's bashing Spence for ducking uh, Crawford. But yeah, as soon as Spence became man over Bradley, Bradley chose to hang it up. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, no, that's, that's, I think that's it's false. Another, it's I think story. that's false. He he fought Manny Pacquiao. No. Yeah. No, no, no. As soon as Spence no, became no, he explained it. Him, he retired, man. No, he explained when it. When Spence became man no, no, no. for him, and became. Right, no, he right, took right, the money and fought Manny Pacquiao. I mean, that's what he said. He said on I'll the little the, thing. I'll he take said the money too. He said, "No, I took the money and fought Manny Pacquiao." Then he retired. Yeah, you, see says, Tim Bradley, you see Tim Bradley throwing. You see Tim Bradley throwing money out on set over there. Fox ran out too. So you know Tim Bradley's living very smoothly. Duck like. I mean, Tim Bradley, man, he's like, he's one of those. Uh, Lomachenko or Robinson, he's the greatest fighter of all time. Shit, that's like, I mean, I mean, a lot of shit. I mean, it's like everybody except Andre he's Word. He's a company man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody except Andre Word is just riding that whole Lomachenko, the greatest of all time, uh, 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 wave. Even last night when they were saying about how uh, Lomachenko was a little rusty, um, because of um, oh, he's rusty and shit because of his surgeries and shit. And Tim Bradley and the other guy, uh, Tim Tory was saying the same shit, but uh, Word, was, uh, Word was just like, oh, man, you guys here. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't say shit, but it was like, in his mind, you just know you're thinking, he's thinking, oh, man, these guys here, these fanboys here. Word knows. It's like, yeah, 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 man. But, I mean, I don't like that living in the moment shit. Obviously, he's the greatest fighter of all time. I mean, I mean, damn, boy. But, hey, yeah, the mother, the motherfucker did lose to Toledo at the end of the day. <laughs> Whether they want to buy into that shit or not, low blows or whatever. Yeah, I think that yeah, I mean, Lomachenko. Lomachenko holding his ass off in that fight you know. too. Though. He said even on uh, was saying about, hey man, this guy's holding his ass off. This guy should be warned or something from excessive clinching and shit. You know what I mean? Against Toledo. Yeah, right, that's yeah but we know it. We, we know what that is. Yeah, that's another story. We know what that is. <laughs> But, um, yeah, man, I mean, I don't know. I hope Terrence Crawford could get something good. I would hate to see him be gone within, you know, I don't know, uh, uh, three years, say, maybe, without getting that big fight with Earl Spence and, and all that shit. So, I don't know, man. It's, it's, a, tough one coming, it's a tough one coming up, man. So, um, you know what I mean? Um, but, anyways, moving along, fellas, we got uh, I, I didn't put this one on the list, and we could add this one on, but. Uh, reposted by Matchroom Boxing. New show, Progress Taylor, back on. Scheduled for October 28, 2019 at the O2. A fight that we didn't know was going to be going on because as we talked about Regis Progress and what had happened last time with the, um, I don't know if the insignificant funds or whatever, but that fight was uh, allegedly off. And um, we had up in the air comments about maybe Broner and Progress and shit talking that was going on, or or whatever, whatever. But Willa, this is um, something I forgot to give you the list of. Uh, that will be uh, headlining Progress Taylor, and the undercard will be Chizora and 
and Joseph Parker. So, looks like we're going to have this one back on schedule for the 28th of October. Did you uh, uh, see about that one by any chance? Because I'm glad the World Super Boxing Series got this one to get back on. Uh, yeah, I saw a little uh, a little post from a little print, uh, profanity-laced pr- post by Regis Progress where he said he was going to uh, fuck uh, Josh Taylor up for all the Scottish fans saying that he was pussy and all that stuff. Said it wasn't going to be a boxing match. It was going to be a fight. So, yeah, man, he's talking it up. I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, we're, we're able to uh, unify for unification, and it's always good to, um, you know, to be able to, to get a, a, a one champion. So who, hopefully whoever fights, whoever wins this one fights your boy, Jose Ramirez, and we can get a, we can get a, uni, uh, a undisputed champ. So, yeah, I was, I've, yeah. I've been looking forward to this fight. Um, you know, I'm a pro grace fan. Uh, Josh Taylor's pretty good, uh, but I don't think he can handle it. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm, I'm, I was glad to, to see that that was, that's back on that the, that they got all the finances figured out, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So I'm, I'm excited, man. I think it's going to be a good fight. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. I forgot. Um, on Friday, um, I, I seen Jose at this uh, uh, common restaurant where we both go to. Seen him on Friday, and uh, Jose said that uh, Victor Posto is coming up next for him. So as a mandatory. So if uh, you know, Progress or Josh Taylor, whoever picks up his W, and Jose picks up his W against Victor Postal, which I, I I don't think should be much of a problem. We will have an undisputed bout, and I hope it's Progress because Progress and Ramirez for all the belts would be crazy. <laughs> hell of a fight, hell of a fight that would be. I'm hoping for the best. Uh, JP, I'm surprised they got this one back on, man. Um, I, you think there's going to be any sort, sort of insignificant funds that cancel this one off for the second time? <laughs> JP might be gone. Oh, JP might be gone. All right. Well, Janelle, I asked you this good, question. My bad, you think y'all. this one's going to be on? Oh, JP, no, I was just saying the uh, – uh, World Boxing Super Series just reannounced that the Regis Program yeah. Josh Taylor fight is back on. Uh, you think this one's actually going to go down this time? We ain't going to have no insignificant funds like the time before? Yeah, that was um, something I've never heard of happening. So, yeah, I have to believe this has to be going down. I think the um, the push from the outside, people wanting and clamoring for this fight to happen is why it's happening. And that's why the World Boxing Super Series put it back on the schedule because this was something on the schedule that I think every boxing fan was looking forward to if we were going to get some real answers about old Rougarou. So I'm, I'm happy that it's back on, and I definitely think it will be going through. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. A unif- or a undisputed bout down the line. Man, oh, man. Fireworks, fireworks. I'm, I'm hoping for Regis Progress because I know he'll promote the shit out that fight against Jose Ramirez. Uh, Janelle, <clears throat> your thoughts on this one being announced? Were you surprised? I was I was a little surprised, honestly. I thought we're going to brush this motherfucker under the rug and, and move along forward with something else with Progress. But it's back on October 26th. 
at the O2 in London. London, your thoughts on the the fight being re- reannounced? Oh, what fight are you talking about? The World Boxing Super Series fight that got canceled because of insignificant funds with uh, Regis Progress and Josh Taylor. What fight are you talking about? Is it a junior, junior welterweight? Uh, World Boxing Super, uh, Super Series, the tournament that happened. This is the finals. This is the last fight of the tournament between Regis Progress and Josh Taylor. You ever paying attention, man? It's been going no, down. No, I'm not. I haven't paid attention to that, honestly. I really haven't. Well, your thoughts on either Josh Taylor or Regis Progress? No, not much. I don't got no take on those guys. Well, I can't wait till the, the undisputed part happens because uh, – Shit, we we all gonna be in on that one, but I think that's it for today, guys. Um, pretty much went through everything that I uh, wanted to check up and, and put on the rundown last night. Um, was up in the wee hours looking through certain things to talk about, but um, we'll, we'll have some uh, more coming for the uh, preview show on uh, Wednesday as we have some more boxing coming to you this weekend. Uh, Willa, you uh, just chilling out with the fam for the rest of the day, or what? What's going on for you today, man, on this Labor Day weekend? Uh, yes, sir. Just going to enjoy this Sunday out here, man, with the fam. And, uh, yeah, we'll be able to talk about, I think, uh, Fury is fighting some bum. You know, the fake fake lineal champ is fighting this weekend. So we'll be able to talk about that on Wednesday, man. But, yeah, <laughs> until then. Yeah. Always taking shots. All right, well, uh Janelle, JP, man, thank you guys for joining us, man. JP, I know you out there on your grind, man. Get your money, get your money. Make sure everybody else gets the money. Janelle, stay cool out there, man. Y'all be good, bro. Um, I'm a, I'm gonna get ready to, uh, um, go back and get some lunch right now. Honestly, uh, this uh, Starbucks got me kind of hyped. So, um, for everybody out there, man, that's rocking with us, we rocking with you. Appreciate you all for coming through and giving some some great feedback with some of the best minds in this sport of boxing, being the best co-host in the world. Uh, we are the Outsiders Boxing Podcast, and we up out of here for now. Talk to y'all later, man. Have a good Labor Day weekend. Mama, I love you. P.O.P. All the time.